this is a very serious the ethic the ethical side of ai uh to me feels way more co complicated than what was with the internet early days or social media regardless it's coming and it is going to create opportunities but but i think to your point is we just like social media we needed to or even the internet like when we just villainize it we're not able to help people have a healthy relationship yep. with it. Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. I'm Neil Smith, joined by my new friend, Brad Zimmerman. Brad, thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's great to be here. So one of the things that I love about this podcast is it has given me the excuse to get to know people that I have seen and, and got, you know, met online, uh, but, but wanted to put a microphone in the middle of that conversation uh, so that other people can get to know the, the, these people. And in this podcast, in many ways, started as a way for DJ Chuang to get to know people around the online ministry world. And then Jay Cranda and I were having a conversation and DJ was like, if we could just put a microphone in the middle of this and let other people listen in and we're like, let's do that. And, uh, and that's what we're doing today. Brad and I have never met, um, <laughs> really and, and had a conversation other than just, you know, some social media interactions. And so I'm going to get to know Brad, Brad's going to get to know me and we're going to all, and we're going to get to all get to know each other, uh, through this conversation. So Brad, as we get to know each other, tell me and tell the social media church family who you are and what you do. Yeah. So my name is Brad Zimmerman. A lot of people know me as like, are you that pro presenter guy? Um, <laughs> yeah. And so I do all the official training materials for Renewed Vision for pro presenter. I did some PVP tutorials back in the day, but I've been doing those since pro presenter five, I believe. And we're on pro presenter 7.13.1 now. Uh, okay. so we're like quite a ways in. And so I just do that as contracted work. I don't actually work for renewed vision. I work for a local church in West Michigan. So I live in Grand Haven right on the lake. And, uh, here I am a creative director who's worn a lot of hats and continues to wear a lot. So I was a youth pastor for a while. Um, I'm a kind of a MD position on Sunday mornings more than I am in the booth. So I don't actually run sound or media on any given Sunday. I'm usually playing electric or drums or something like that. I love music. Um, and then I also, uh, back in the day, I started this video podcast, uh, before YouTube allowed long form video content called churchmediadesign.tv. And they were like hour long TV episodes for people who work in church media where I did tutorials and uh, gave inspiration and told people where to find free content because I was working at a church where my budget for a year was like $900 for a year. And that only yep. covered batteries, basically. That was my budget was just for batteries for wireless yeah. microphones. And so, uh, so I was always trying to like help share that stuff. And so, uh, I did over a hundred episodes of that, uh, podcast and then that transformed, um, kind of died away as I started the whole pro presenter thing. And then that, tr uh, transitioned into churchmediadrop.com, which is a free resourcing site yeah. that I run that has, uh, we, we see tens of thousands of churches download content from the site for Easter and Christmas and series graphics and motion backgrounds. And uh, so I put all of my designs and content on there and then other providers um, and other church uh, media people and designers put their content on the site for free for churches to use. So 
that's a that's a I like a it. broad broad strokes of, of me and kind of yeah. what I do and I, I keep my hands in a lot of different uh, pots. I love it. I love it. And I, I have definitely seen a lot of those different things. And one of the, I, there's so many different pathways I want to go, uh, for, for, for this conversation today. Um, and, and, and really one of the things that I really want to pick your brain around is even just affordable gear. One of the things I love even looking at church media drop and I'm curious about is like, how do you, like, why do you do this? How do you do it? Like, how do you pay your bills? And you obviously have a day job at a church. And, um, so there's so many questions I have. Uh, but, but I love, I mean, bottom line is thank you for your generosity. I mean, what, what you put and make available through church media drop, uh, is incredible. Uh, so let's start with that. Like, yeah. where did that vision come from? Where did, like, why did you create it? What is your, what are your hopes for it? What do you celebrate through it? What, you know, what, what, what's the story? Yeah. So, you know, church media design.tv, I had been giving away free content and I would do like a new freebie every episode was my goal of that. And so I had about a hundred and some freebies that I had been given away. And the site was just out of date. I wasn't doing tutorials anymore and really felt like I needed to do a web design refresh. And when I was doing that, I was also feeling like I, I think I want to rethink this whole thing um, in the midst of that. So this was yeah, uh, 2006, maybe. Um, I can't remember how many years ago it's been. It's been a while. Um, and so, uh, in that refresh, I was looking at different plugins and came across, uh, easy digital downloads. And I was trying to find a new way to track downloads and all of that kind of stuff. And honestly, it, some of it was just like the tool was available and I was like, well, this is really cool. And they're like, turn your website into a marketplace. And I was a big fan of, yeah. of uh, creative, um, the creative market. Is that what it's called? Why am I blanking on? I believe that's the name of it, right? Um, anyway. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. No. Uh, and so I was, you know, on a lot of these marketplaces and was like, man, this would be awesome. And so I floated... Uh, some name ideas out to a few different close friends uh, who work in the industry and stuff like that. And kind of landed on changing, keeping the CMD because CMD had kind of been my thing for a long time, but just kind of changing the design to drop so that it could be all of these different drops that you could grab and, uh, and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I added this marketplace uh, plugin so that anybody could sign up to submit content and control their own content and get free advertising on the site for if they uh, were a designer yeah. and wanted to do paid work just to kind of be able to, to push that back. And uh, it's all run through Amazon servers. So it's, it's fairly inexpensive. Um, you okay. know, some of the files get, get, uh, a little large uh, when you have like gigabyte downloads and stuff like that, that that bandwidth starts adding up. But, um, you know, I went a year without having an advertiser um, and was still able to pay all the bills and didn't have to take that out of my own yep. pocket. So that was really uh, awesome. Um, but I've been able, yep. I've been privileged to be able to have an advertiser every year except for one um, throughout and okay. so right now, uh, MXU is my uh, sponsor on the site, and they're an awesome team. Okay. Guys, doing a great job of resourcing the local church and with high, high quality content. Um, and so, yeah. super thankful for that team being a part of it right now. 
But yeah, I just, I really have a heart. I felt like when God called me into ministry, he was saying, I want you to be a part of the local church and I want you to resource the local church. And so uh, back in the church media design.tv days, uh, I was at the, I don't know if you remember the Echo Conference in Dallas that the NIDER team did and stuff like that. So I was a part of all of those Echo Conferences. And uh, one time I was down there and I'm hanging out with Jonathan Malm, which a lot of us know. And uh, Jonathan was like, okay, so, like, cool, Brad, you're doing this thing, but like, what's, what's the big, what's the dream? And I was like, well, I felt like God called me to yeah. this. And he's like, well, cool. I get that God called you to it, but like, what is the goal? Like, how will you know if you yeah. fulfilled that call? And I really hated yeah. that question. <laughs> and I, yeah. cause I was like, I can't it just be a call. But he was like, no, I, I think you need to put a number on it. I think you need to have like a goal so that you can, so you have a yeah. purpose behind what you're doing. And so uh, I set a goal of resourcing 100,000 churches. I, at that point, could figure that I was at about 10,000 churches. And so my new goal was like, I think there's probably over 100. I didn't even know the numbers of how many churches there were in the United States or around the world. But I was like, I I think I want to shoot for 100,000 churches, 10 times what I had been reaching. Um. And I feel like this new site will help me be able to do that and stuff like that. And I, so when I first launched Church Media Drop, I had it set up that you could download content without entering an email, without anything. I was just getting download count numbers and I was getting unique website viewer numbers. Um, And during that season, I saw over 100,000 uniques and millions of downloads and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, this past year in November, I switched my download plugin and now I have to take uh, email addresses and okay. I'm already over 20,000 unique um, uh, people downloading content. Wow. So, um, and that's only in what, six months or so. Um, and so I'll be really curious uh, where I'm at a year or two from now. Um, and again, that's not to like toot my own horn. That's, uh, for me just to know, like, am I accomplishing the, the goal and yeah. am I actually being effective? Do people still want to use the site or has it, is it past its due? Has AI taken over so much that I don't really need to do this anymore? You know, all of that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. I and and it's it's always interesting to hear the business model sure. uh, behind some of these you know entities that are serving the church because I think there's often a pessimism of oh uh, what's the catch yeah you know especially when you're giving away something for free and and I feel like I've I've been in this space long enough to know that most people don't go into the church space to create a catch yeah. for the church they just genuinely want to so they they've got to figure out a business model that works to allow them to be able to make the investment into the church uh, but but I think most people are not coming to serve the church uh, because of the great profit margins that are in serving the church. They genuinely just want to serve the church. And I think at the end of the day, what what's clear to me is your heart is to freely serve the church and MXU has then made it available. Uh, and, and that's the one catch. And it's not really a catch because they're actually just promoting another great resource there on your site. And that's what's allowing you to give away two churches. Uh, such gr- great resources. I love it, man. Yeah. Love and it. just to be clear for anybody who's wondering, I don't make really any money. I make enough to cover the bills. So church media drop yep. is not something that I could like quit my day job and like sit back on that advertising. 
Uh, yep. So uh, some people have pushed me of like, why aren't you trying to make more with it? And honestly, I decided yep. from day one that if it ever turned into something paid, I would shut it down. That like if I ever forced uh, some like had a paid side of it or whatever, if I ever thought that thought that it was like time to call yeah. it quits because I wanted it to be a free and clear. This is just all free. It's all forever free. And I even have a policy that like once, once content goes up there, unless there's like a, a legal dispute, um, content can't yep. be taken down. Um, so interesting. Uh, yeah, I just I want I don't want people to be like, oh, there was something on there one month and now it's gone the next. It's like, no, what you saw there yeah. three years ago is still there today. So, yeah, so interesting. We you you actually brought up the AI yeah. conversation, yeah. Um, and so you know, and, and I'm sure you've got your 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 eye on AI uh, when it comes to church media. What, what, what do you, where do you think this is going uh, in the AI world or what do you, what are you, maybe are there any tools you're playing with already that, that you think are interesting for church leaders? Yeah. I mean, uh, it is incredible. It is, uh, a little troublesome. It is, uh, really going to hit ahead during our next election cycle, um, and I think that will really kind of honestly set some tone of like what's allowed and what's not and how fast tools move um, to let you know what's real and what's not. Um, because, um, you know, there's a podcast that um, is right now being distributed that is 100% AI. So the script, yeah. the voice, the everything, the album artwork, the Instagram account, yep. Um, all of it is a hundred percent automated, a hundred percent AI. Um, and it's amazing. Yeah. And most people would never know that it's fake. Um, yep. and so, yep. uh, Rob who created that is a guy that I watch and, uh, to see what's going on. Cause he has a lot more time to play <laughs> than I do. And so, um, yeah. there's some really cool. So 11 labs is something that I hope to spend some more time uh, with this summer that can do voice cloning and then allows you to use text to speech. Um, and I've already seen it used in multiple other podcasts where they've cloned their own voice or their co-host voice. And then they yeah. make their co-hosts say stuff that would, they would never say. <laughs> Uh, on their own podcast. But uh, I mean, imagine being able to do a daily devotional from your pastor and your pastor never has to say anything. Um, that yeah. they could, you could just use your pastor's voice. They could write it or use chat GPT to start writing it. And then you could yeah. uh, uh, edit that and finalize it and then feed that in. And now you have a daily audio devotional. And this is more manual yeah. than what Rob's doing with his podcast. Um, but you can take it to that fully automated place if you really wanted to. Now, um, you get into a lot of ethical things uh, when you start going down that road. Yep. And I think that's the big thing that churches are going to have to weigh out is the uh, the other side. But for me, you know, the, the ethical side. But for me, the reason I want to know a, a lot about it and why I would encourage anybody who's listening to dive deep into it as much as you can right now is so that we can pastor and shepherd people through this yeah. massive change in the way our culture works. Yes. Because it should not be that you show up to a church and hear that the sky is falling and that AI robots are going to take over and that Jesus has no place anymore. And that the world, you know, computers are trying to take over. 
Like that shouldn't be the conversation in the church. The conversation should be, um, how can we use these things, understand these things, understand the good and the bad of them, but not be scared of them, not see it as a doom or gloom. This isn't something that gets in the way of people finding Jesus, finding a faith family, finding a mission to be on. Um, It doesn't get in the way of those things. And so um, I just, I really want to help the church not be scared um, and not go to that place that has often happened. If you look look through history, yeah. you know, these massive changes a lot of times, I'd rather see it more as a printing press moment where we uh, have the Bible be one of the first things that's being used for it um, than have it be, you know, Salem witch trials and you know, like all a, a lot of these other things where people get scared of and uh, kind of demonize things. So. Yeah. And we, and we've seen this historically in in the church of like when websites came along, it was like, we should never website because the internet is all about pornography yeah. or social media came along. It was like, that's be only used for people to cheat on their spouses. Yep. Uh, and, and no doubt the internet was primarily used for pornography yep. in the early days and that it continues to be used for, you know, yeah. very bad things. Uh, but, but it's also one of the greatest tools we've ever had to show the gospel. Yep. Um, and, and social media, you know, simultaneously AI though, I, I will say that, and maybe it's just me getting older in my forties <laughs> now, uh, you know, like I, I do, I, I feel like I'm, I'm seeing the fear factor realities more than I have in the past of this. This is a very serious, the ethic, the ethical side of AI, uh, to me feels way more co- complicated than what was with the internet early days or social media. And, and, and that's where I don't know. It's like, is this me just being older or is this me? Is this the reality like AI? But but I do think there's regardless it's coming and it is going to create opportunities. But but I think to your point is we just like social media, we need it to or even the Internet. Like when we just villainize it, we're not able to help people have a healthy relationship. Yep. And social media, the same thing of we 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 need to shepherd our people to have a healthy relationship with social media, because it's a great way to stay connected to your family. It's a great way to stay connected to your church family and your church community. And it's also a terrible way to waste hours and hours and hours a day yep. uh, down the TikTok algorithm. Yep. Um, so it it is it is complicated, but AI, I think we all need to be learning, whether you're techie or not a techie, uh, you, you need to be spending time even researching and understanding. That's such a good word, Brad. Let's, let's uh, I, w- I want to shift the conversation if we yep. can. Uh, away from what probably the nerds are, are going to enjoy, and and I always think about uh, my dad, uh, who is you know in his late sixties, pastors a small church of about 150 in outside of Houston, and what tools uh, should he be using? Uh, and so as you're as you're very focused on resourcing uh, the church and providing you know low cost tools and options, I would love to hear both hardware and software. Uh, and you know, media, maybe what, what are some of the key tools that you would recommend to, to pastors and church leaders like my dad that, that have that $90 a year budget. And, uh, and I'd say that, but you know, the sub $1,000 a year budget, um, and, but really want to be on YouTube and want to, you know, have a media presence. Yeah. I mean, for one, your smartphone is one of the most powerful tools that, I mean, and they, they finally came out with an official chat GPT app for, for iPhones. I don't think it's out for Android yet, but you know, you can, you can be using all all of the, like all of the, 
all of the really good and easy to use AI tools are all cloud-based. There are local tools that you can be using um, on your computer, but all of the the good and easy ones to use, like Midjourney and um, yeah. ChatGPT, those are all cloud-based. And so using Discord on your phone, using the ChatGPT app on your phone, like you can do all of this from your smartphone. Um, my friend Adam just started a a smartphone storytellers uh, YouTube channel where he teaches church leaders how to use their smartphone to create great content and understand what it takes to make your phone look amazing and the tools that you need and everything behind it. Um, he's at Seacoast Church and just does awesome work. And so, um, yeah, so there's just there's some really amazing things that you can do with your phone. When it comes to like computers and stuff like that, I have always been an equal opportunist. I design on a PC and I use Macs in production environments. And so I've always used both of them pretty much equally. Um, but I got to say, when Apple came out with their new silicone, um, man, is it powerful and crazy for the price. So yep. the Mac Mini M2 um, baseline one uh, computer that they have that's sub thousand dollars. I think it's even sub nine hundred dollars. Yeah. Um, is an incredibly powerful computer, and and yeah. so much so that like I think Apple's kind of downplaying how much it kicks the butt of their old twenty thousand dollar computers, um, because wow. it's so good. And uh, what and that's the crazy thing about the new Apple Vision, you know, their their new headset deal is that it's got that M2 processor in it in this headset, yeah. along with a whole nother processor doing all sorts of other stuff. So, I mean, it's just incredible what that processor does. And those computers are yeah. are I have an M1 Mac mini and then this external enclosure that gives me some more outputs, but I can do six physical outputs from an M1 Mac mini uh, for ProPresenter to run multiple screens. And during the pandemic, we were doing live streaming. I had TVs on the stage with virtual band members playing with our live band at the same time and our live stream and our main screen in the room for people who are in person. And all of that was running from one. So like wow. you don't have to have crazy hardware or spend a ton of money to do some of this stuff. Um, and so I would highly recommend that if anybody's looking for a computer to like it cost wise, you're yeah. not going to get a PC. Honestly, that is as fast and can do as much as that. Uh, one of those Mac minis can do for you. Um, you know, when it comes to designing uh, for a long time, I was like Canva. I, I, I hate the word Canva. I don't want to hear Canva. This is like the new PowerPoint. This is the new Microsoft word. This is like the help uh, church secretary who doesn't know how to design to come up with bad clip art. That's what it felt like for me when it yeah. first came out. Now yeah. Canva has changed and is doing some really incredible stuff. You can do a, yeah. really amazing designs for free without ever paying any money for anything. Um, there's some really great designers. There's a great Canva um, church uh, group on Facebook um, okay. that you can join that people are posting like father's day, uh, as we're recording this father's day is coming up this yeah. weekend. And they, there's like yeah. tons of designs on there that you can go and quickly edit and adjust. And yeah. again, you don't have to have a great computer. You don't have to pay for anything as much as I'm an Adobe yeah. guy through and through. And I've used it since what CS one, um, <laughs> you know, like, or even before the creative suite, 
um, I, I canvas pretty hard to beat these days as far as like what it can do for most people working in churches that need to create a quick thing for social media or even screen content uh, on Sunday morning. So um, as much as I don't like promoting that, it's because it, it feels like this really hokey, cheap clip art thing. It's not that anymore. And, uh, and, they're, and they've included new AI tools into their suite of stuff. Uh, it it yeah. does not match what Photoshop can do. Holy cow. Uh, Photoshop's new uh, AI stuff that's in beta is amazing and mind-blowing. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so those, those are some, some things. Um, and then when it comes to like other uh, gear stuff, if you want to get into like gear world, um, man, yeah. Companion is a free open source uh, piece of software that allows you to use a stream deck which is these little things that Elgato created for gamers. They're just like a, a multi-button surface. You can get a six-button, a 15-button, or a 32-button, and now they have one with some dials on it. Um, but what Companion allows you to do is to control production gear, not just software on your computer. And so hmm. I can, on a Sunday morning, I can control my soundboard, my lighting gear, ProPresenter. We have automated shades because we have uh, uh, windows on three sides of our room, so it's very bright. And so I have uh, shades, uh, my projector, my power amps. Um, I've installed these in kids' classrooms so that they don't even have to have a computer in the room. They just press buttons on this wall surface, and Companion is totally free. So there is no cost to it, and you can download it. Even if you don't own the device, you can use it still on your phone and just like click on the buttons yeah. in like a virtual surface. But you can download yeah. it and see like what gear do I have that works with this? Basically, it just has to be able to connect to your network. So if your soundboard is hooked up to your network, if your uh, lighting console can be hooked up to your network or your lighting software can be hooked up. Um, and so yeah. you can do all sorts of crazy stuff with that. And so I leverage that thing to the, I mean, to the nines. Uh, I mean, I just, I literally have a button that says start gathering that my sound guy presses on a Sunday morning and it does everything. It like fades out yeah. music playback. It stops music playback. It changes the lighting. It puts my shades down, it sets a new scene on the audio console and starts tracks for the band all in one button press. That's all like delayed through properly. And again, that's, it's totally free. Um, it just takes some time yeah. to mess around and understand it. So I'm a huge, huge fan of of that because, again, it works with tons of different gear. So you might have, like for me, I'm one of those churches that bought an X32 years ago. And uh, a lot of okay. people are like, uh, actually, there's so many better consoles and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, the companion makes my X32 do stuff that like other consoles that are twice the price can't do. Or you're paying like five times the price to be able to do. And Companion makes stuff, uh, my X32, do things that my X32 can't do without Companion. So I can do automated fader moves. I can do all sorts of wild stuff um, on there. And so it can take an old dusty tool that might feel like it's at its end of days and maximize it and make bring it to life in new ways. I kind of look at it like uh, I have a really old uh, Pontiac vibe. and I threw a Apple CarPlay screen in there, and now I feel like I have a modern yep. car. And I feel like that's what Companion can do for a lot of people's production gear, is can kind of take it to this yep. whole new modern level, um, even though it might be older stuff. So. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, that That's such good feedback. And uh, I think there are so many options uh, out there to for churches. And I, and I think people are often like, man, if I only had this or yeah. only had that. And, uh, and, and I think at the end of the day, we, we all have such a, we've all got a powerful computer in our pocket. Um, and, and, I, but I think even we can, you know, basically take the next step up without major expense. I, I'm, we talked to you before this call, I just got the new Mac mini and, uh, it's overwhelming in some ways, but it, but it is, there's some new learnings and, and how to, how to work it. And, and it, it sometimes comes with change, but I think that the speed and the processing uh, of what's possible, that that barrier, as I even think about what it took for churches to be on television, you know, 15 years ago versus now we can all live stream yeah. uh, so simply yeah. and easily uh, that that the barrier is so much lower than it's ever yeah. been in the quality of cameras that we have access to, the, the quality of software we have access to, the quality of processing yeah. we have access to, the speed of internet we have access to. It's It's really unbelievable. Brad, as we get into it, and, and and I love, uh, I'm I, I am a uh, I can tell you it, it it feels that you're an Apple fanboy. I am an Apple, uh, I I am an Apple non fanboy, but I am an addicted to Apple. Uh, as I've gone through this journey of trying to leave Apple, but the products are just so stinking good. I end up just paying yeah. the money and honestly paying more money because I tried to go away from Apple. And I pay for the product that doesn't work as good as the Apple products, and I come back over and over and over again. Uh, the Vision Pro uh, yeah. is, you know, $3,500 mixed reality headset. Uh, I would love to know. I'm I'm sure you, you've you watched and you've, you've I have researched opinions. it a little bit. What are your opinions uh, when it comes to the, to the Apple Vision Pro? Okay. So uh, I was actually uh, talking to some people yesterday uh, about this and... Um, and I didn't watch this video. So I was talking to Brad Weston from Renewed Vision. He started uh, the, that company. Yeah. And, um, and he had uh, watched a lot more and was informing me about some different things. One is the price tag of the Vision has a lot more to do with supply chain than it does with um, hmm. the device itself. They actually don't have the infrastructure slash the um the manufacturing capability to produce tons of these and so they had a price at a point where they wouldn't sell out immediately and so there's actually a limit okay. on the amount of those little tiny screens those super high definition screens that are inside the headset yes there's a limit on how yep. many they can get per year from their manufacturer and so uh, that limits the amount of devices they can actually create and then if you think if any of yep. those screens are bad um, now there's not more to get they just have less to be able yes. to sell and so there is a whole like supply chain side of things uh, and it's a version one product that they are purposefully limiting yeah. the amount of people who can get it so they can figure it out and real world test it on people who have thirty five hundred dollars yeah. to throw down um, to get one <laughs> so so that's like one yeah. little like side note thing overall yes I uh, failed. I don't know when you got glasses. I failed my pre-kindergarten testing. They used to call it DK when I was in it. So I failed my DK testing for for my eyes. And so I have had my glasses basically my entire life. And uh, even if I got LASIK, I would still wear glasses with regular lenses in them because I don't think I could live without these things (laughs) on my face. So I'm used to having glasses, right? Um, yeah. But yeah. I can't see a world where I would show up at a workplace and put on those goggles. 
I can see a world where if they were about the size of what I'm wearing right now, 100% uh, I would use yeah. And so I yeah. I don't see them becoming um, normal, like normalized in culture until the form factor gets smaller. I think Apple okay. has done the best job ever of trying to make them be transparent by showing your eyes yep. on the outside, revealing the outside yeah, yeah. world to you. All of that stuff I think is genius. But at the end of the day, yeah. like they had a demo of uh, they're talking about like taking 3D photos or videos of your kid's birthday party. And, it, and somebody pointed yeah. out like at the end of the day, that kid's memory of that birthday party is going to be of dad wearing ugly goggles <laughs> while we were singing happy birthday. So I am a huge fan of of AR, augmented reality, where you can point your yeah. phone at your room and see if your IKEA couch fits, which currently exists. Yeah. Um, you can go on like yeah. the Target app, I think, has some similar stuff in it that you can see like how things fit in your room or see what color, uh, like what a paint color looks like on your wall before you paint. Like all of that yeah. AR um, stuff, augmented reality makes a ton of sense and i see the usefulness of it being closed yeah. off into a ready player one vr world to me does not yeah. seem like something that makes sense to me now i could be proved wrong and sound like somebody who does but i just i keep going through it and it just keeps not making sense until the form factor looks like our glasses if the yep. form factor looks like our glasses then i can see that vr world becoming more but and Apple's trying to not do VR. They're trying to do mixed reality, yeah. which I yes. again think is the way, which is more AR than it is VR. So augmented yeah. reality versus virtual reality. Um, but I just I, I don't see pure virtual reality. Vir people go into virtual churches, like Life Church started it for a while, and I think they've already shut down their campus. Um, yeah. And so I don't. I just don't see it being long lasting. I, I understand that it's really good for gaming. I understand that my children's generation might be super into it. And that might be the shift that it takes for them to grow up doing it. But honestly, I'm not going to get a headset for my kids. Um, my kids aren't going to be allowed to have a smartphone until they're, they're at least going to not be able to have a smartphone at school period. Yeah. Um, yeah. but they're not going to be having smartphones until high school, most likely. Um, and honestly, I would like to keep it to like an Apple watch for, for my kids as long as I possibly can, um, because I don't want yeah. them to be addicted to devices and I don't want them to be closed off to yeah. the world. I mean, I remember hearing years ago, and I don't know if you've heard this before, that schools in Silicon Valley, that where they are making all of this stuff are tech-free schools because the parents yeah. uh, that are making this stuff on a day-to-day basis see all of the harm that it does. And so, yeah. I don't know, that's... That that's where I'm at with all of it. Where are you at with all of it? Yeah. Well, you know, so I've got a 13 year old daughter and a 11 year old daughter and, and it's interesting. And so we could go down that yeah. whole path of like yeah. kids and, and technology, but we, we wrestle with it. My daughter, my 13 year old, they, they both have phones. Mostly we're in New York city. We want to be able to track them yeah. everywhere they go. Um, and, but it, it's complicated. It's attention. We're ma managing all the yeah. time. Um, uh, but we definitely like my daughter wants TikTok right now. We're like, nope, yeah. uh, we're not going to that path, but we, you know, I have virtual reality headsets. I got the yeah. Oculus go and then the Oculus quest. Yeah. Um, you know, my kids were into it for a little bit. I was into it for a little bit. I keep thinking it's going to go mainstream with each new 
you know, version yeah. form yeah. there. And, and we use it for a couple months and then we, you know, I've got them just sitting here at my, we haven't used them in six yeah. months. Um, and, and I kind of think, I kind of see the same thing with this op. Now I tried the Oculus Rift probably seven years ago now, now probably eight or nine years ago. And I thought this is the future. And then Google Chrome or Google Glass Box or yeah. whatever. The thing that you could put oh, your yeah, cardboard in, you know, cardboard, cardboard. It was like, okay, VR is moving quickly, yeah. and this is cool, and it's using the gyroscope in your yeah. phone and, um, and the two screens, and uh, and it was like, wow, this is the future, and it's going to be here quick. And now we're like eight years later, and it's like, yeah, it's really not that much more adoption. I'm, really, though, I think it's a lot of it. Like the phone, the phone is cool, but it's the apps in the phone that make it amazing. And and I think the apps in the in in Oculus are just they're not that not that compelling yeah. to me. Um, and so I do think, yeah, I mean, I, I when I experience it, I'm like, yeah, I can see a future here, but it just it it also feels like, man, as slow as the last eight years have gone, it feels like we're probably another eight years away from it really being having mainstream effect. Uh, now that said, AI has kind of been like slow and then this year was like okay we just jumped 10 years in like six yeah. months so most of most know. of the tools that people are using became like normal like uh unfortunately we lost brad uh but brad thank you so much uh for the uh the incredible insights uh and thank you for your generosity and the incredible work you're doing with church media drop uh we're so grateful uh for your commitment to the church you're serving the church uh, so generously, the incredible resources uh, you're providing. And so we will have links to Brad's social media where you can connect with him, uh, as well as Church Media Drop uh, on the website and in the show notes at socialmedia.church. Uh, so make sure you go to socialmedia.church uh, and get links uh, to all of those things and uh, yeah, and connect with us there. Uh, Brad, thank you for listening and thanks everyone. Uh, or thank you, Brad. Put uh, that out. Brad, thank you for sharing uh, all of your insights. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We're so grateful for you being a part of the Social Media Church community. Uh, connect with us on social media and all of our social media handles. Uh, and if you would, uh, leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, uh, on Stitcher, wherever it is that you're listening. Uh, we, we hope you'll leave a rating and a review to help others uh, find this podcast and be a part of the conversation here at Social Media Church. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again on the next episode.